Welcome to the Recruitment Leaders Podcast with Barclay Jones. Hi everybody, this is Lisa from the Barclay Jones Recruitment Leaders Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have Joe from Cuba19 today. Hi there Joe, how are you doing? I'm very well Lisa, thank you. How are you? Good, good. So this is the first podcast of 2018 and obviously um, even Trump's going to be listening to it and tweeting in a very positive way um, about the content of it. And the, Globe, the Golden Globes last night have nothing on us. So what I want to do, to, do, do today is I want to talk about data because that's, that's the key thing for Cube19 and you will often hear me say, yes, the most important asset of a recruitment business is its people, but it's kind of also their data as well. <laughs> and if GDPR is going to teach us any lessons, the way that we've been managing our data for the last 20 years has not been good enough and it's about to kick our butts. And we've got recruitment people panicking all over the world about GDPR and they needn't because it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. But what I want to talk to you about today is a few things. I want to talk about KPIs. I want to talk about good data and bad data and good use of data and bad use of data. And I also want to hear about Cube19 and what the plan is for that, that system going forward. But to begin with, tell people a little about, bit about, let's imagine I'm a monkey from outer space and I've never heard about Cube19. What is it and why should I buy it? I'm hoping even the monkeys in outer space have heard of us. But um, <laughs> so we're we're a, re <laughs> we're a recruitment specific analytics and performance management solution. The idea is that every recruitment company in the world has accumulated quite a lot of data and, and collects data every single day. Um, but people rarely use it to any level of sophistication because it's it, it's not as easy to access as you might like and. Um, you know, easy to interpret or not everyone has access to it. So we want to give a simple intuitive view of the information so that decisions within the business are data driven, that everyone can be as efficient as possible and make as many placements as possible every day. I'm a recruitment leader and I've got Cube19 in my business. What could I do with it in the next five minutes to make my business more effective or make that guy out there that's not billing more effective? Uh, you can do a lot in five minutes because we want to make it say it's so easy to access and so quick. Um, but you know, a lot of people, they'll look internally, or what I would class internally at the business, they'll be looking at KPIs, you know, very levels. I think we're going to talk a bit about that in a minute. But um, people rarely look at things like their client information. So who are their best clients? Best clients are often ranked based on how much revenue we get from them. But are they really your best clients because they pay you the most? Are they as efficient as they could be? Do we work a load of jobs and waste a load of time with those clients? Uh, do client, different client contacts give us... Um, uh, or have a better relationship with us and then we've got a faster time to fill with them. Can we use that information to educate other client contacts as to what good looks like? Um, so make sure that everything we're doing, whether we're adding jobs or sending CVs or arranging interviews, is going to lead to more of the outcome that we want, which is more placements and more, more placement fees. Talk to about KPIs then. Let's imagine we've got, well, well, let's talk about KPIs in the old world. KPIs are something to whack people over the head with, and I often speak to recruitment businesses, oh, no, we don't like KPIs because they've probably had a bad experience of them. It's like, oh, I don't like fish because they ate really horrible fish when they were at school, whereas actually now, if Gordon Ramsay came in and cooked them a nice piece of fish, they'd love it. Bad analogy, maybe. Awesome analogy to others. Talk to about KPIs in the recruitment industry right now. What are you coming across that's good? What are you coming across that's bad? Um, I think the things we're coming across that's bad is the stuff we've always come across where people are using KPIs in a very old-fashioned way. They're using them, as you mentioned a minute ago, as a stick to beat people with, beat them over the head with, and using blanket KPIs for everybody. Now, naturally, every recruiter is different. They have their strengths and weaknesses. They also work in different sectors, different regions, 
with different clients, they work in permanent contract. There's so many variables in what people work that one set of KPIs for everybody doesn't work. So it's about being able to individualize those metrics and targets that people have to make sure they're as efficient as they can be. Also, people have different ratios, so um, different CV to interview, interview to placement ratios. So it's, it's more about using the data to identify what the KPIs should be and then enabling everyone in the business to track them efficiently um, rather than just using the KPIs that the MD uh, of the company was targeted on 20 years prior to that because you know it worked for him, it must work for everybody else. So I think it's just being more intelligent with the data um, and the companies that are really getting into that and actually um, varying KPIs by more than just what a ratio says it should be, but looking at all of the factors that come into play, whether it be the client analysis, time to fill, uh, fill rates, you know, there's, there's lots of factors that come into play to make a good um, case for setting metrics and KPIs for people. Love all of that. Now, The Economist wrote early last year that the world's most valuable resource is no longer oil, but fill in the blanks. Uh, well, let me guess, data. Yay! <laughs> um, <laughs> we didn't like yeah, that. That would be my um, ring a friend if I was on, um, on a game show. Talk to me about data being <laughs> in the oil. Um, uh, look, I've, obviously, I've, I've always believed that there's a lot of value and power in data. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have left Broadbeam six years ago nearly to come and, and set up Q19 with Dan. But um, it is an interesting thing because, um, you know, when you extract oil from the ground, uh, this has come off the top of my head now, when you extract oil from the ground, you can't just put it into a car and expect it to power it. You've got to refine it and you've got to, you know, it's got to have a process to it to, to get to the value. Um, but it's similar with data as well. Often people, you know, when we talk to people, they'll just start asking immediately about predictive analytics and, you know, tell me the future. But it's not as simple as that. There's, there's something much more basic that needs to happen before. Um, and that's getting accuracy in your data, which I would go as far as saying that every company in the world has an issue with data quality. No one's got 100% accurate data. And I don't know if you ever get to that without full automation. Um, but if you're basing decisions on inaccurate data or incomplete data, then you know you're potentially setting yourself up for a fall. So there's something that we we truly believe in is is correcting the quality of the data as early as possible. Um, we actually did a, a survey last year um, where we we asked a, a lot of recruitment companies, recruitment leaders about the data they're looking at in their business. And although 91% of agencies said they use data to shape decisions, almost half of those people didn't believe in the accuracy of their data. Um, which, which is a big which issue. Yeah. Revert, revert back to gut instinct, which is terrifying in the current economy because gut instincts, as you can see across Twitter, and I mentioned Trump at the beginning of this, but gut instincts are not the way to run a recruitment business, unless, of course, you're potentially a one or a two-man band. What are we, what's the future of Cube19? Talk to me about, you know, if, if I bought the product today and then I looked at it again in 12 months' time, are there going to be any, what's the roadmap? Um, so Cube19 is, a, as I mentioned at the start, is a solution that, that really helps you get easy, simple access to data and information. What we want to do is really take it on to the next level and help people get these really simple, actionable insights into that data. So you know, we can already show people uh, all of the jobs they're working, all of their live jobs, what activities happened, when it happened, uh, which recruiters created that activity. We want to take that on to the next step. We want to make sure that, you know, in a snapshot, within a couple of seconds, uh, a recruiter, a manager, a director can look at that information and work out what their next move should be. 
So if I'm working a job with a client, um, that's, the job's been open for six weeks, I know we never normally fill a job with that customer if it's gone past four weeks. You know, that type of information and data at my fingertips, what's the potential value of that job? How fast through the process are we? How long ago was that last action taken, whether it was a CV or an interview? We just want to really bring everything to life. And like I say, within a uh, the snapshot, within a couple of seconds or a click or so, to be able to get the next answer to know what your next move should be. What would you say is going to be a key driver for recruitment leaders in 2018 then? So obviously data is the new oil, although the BBC is saying, hold on a minute, the economist is wrong, it's not the new oil, because oil is a finite resource, it will run out eventually, and the great thing about data and obviously Cube19's approach to it is data's never going to run out, if anything, we've barely scraped the surface. But what do you think recruitment leaders need to be doing differently with their data this year, apart from, obviously, cleaning it up, nurturing it, respecting it, but what do you think they need to be doing differently this year with data? Um, yeah, I, I think using it more is, is a very simple answer. Um, it, but, you know, by doing that, you need to make it simple to interpret and access in the first place. Um, of course, cleaning up, like you mentioned, is, is really important there as well. But um, I think it's the whole approach to data. So a lot of people will still use data to back up their gut feel rather than using data to drive the decision in the first place. Um, some people are too scared to let the data make the, or help help make the decision for them. Um, you know, we're always going to still use gut feel in this industry. From time to time, we're always going to go against what the data says and take a bit of a risk. Um, but for the most part, I think we should be using it um, as, a, as a, a sort of friend and an ally rather than sort of something just that backs up what we already knew was right anyway. Why do you think that, this is quite, this is quite, this is almost like a, mastermind or psychological um, approach to data, but why do you think the average recruitment leader, quote unquote, doesn't seem to trust their data? Why do you think that is? Because uh, it's inaccurate. <laughs> um, well, that'd be one thing, but also, you know, if, if someone, no one's ever going to do the job as well as you're going to do it. You know, that's, that's a lot of people's opinions, particularly in an industry where, you know, we're confident salespeople, you know, we're always the best salesperson out there. So we're actually, we're, in, in a lot of respects, I think some people think they're giving away control by letting the data make a decision or, or, or shape their decision for them. Um, whereas actually, you know, like I said, it's our data's our friend. It's it's there to help us look at the past and trends that happened to help hopefully start to predict what's going to happen in the future yeah. uh, or certainly have a better idea of that. Yeah. So until people start seeing data as that rather than a, a loss of control, um, that's maybe one of the issues. And of course, I think it's fair to say that if, if um, the government was to do a study of the average recruitment leader, they would probably find out that they were a, they were a control freak as well. And by the way, I see control freakishness as a skill, not a weakness. Um, so long may that continue. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't want you to go into any massive detail about GDPR, but for obvious reasons, GDPR has the word data hidden in there somewhere. Um, is that yeah. something you can talk about on this podcast? Do you have a sound bite? Do you are you seeing recruitment leaders engaging with GDPR? Where, where's Cube nineteen and GDPR right now? Yeah. We've been working very closely with our partners, um, in particular Bullhorn. Bullhorn have been hosting their GDPR council uh, mm -hmm. over the last nine months or so. We've been uh, to every meeting for that. So we, it's it's hugely important for us, of course. Um, yeah. But what we do have is the yeah. absolute commitment that GDPR is is you know, the most important thing right now to make sure we get right going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're committed to making sure we do that and working closely with our partners to make sure that whole process is as slick and easy and uh, seamless for our customers as, as it possibly can be. 
So certainly from my perspective, because we're doing a lot of work with clients on their GDPR strategies right now, as much as we are not legal experts on GDPR, we are commercial and practical experts on it. It seems to me that where data analytics can come into the overall I don't know, analysis of your data before you do anything crazy like delete it is at least help you nurture the data that's coming through the door right now or might be relatively recent data in the last 12 months. Looking at that using a system, for example, like Cube19 and saying, right, this data that I have is relevant. I think one of the challenges, Joe, that most of my clients are facing right now is what data can I get rid of? And as much as they don't trust the data they've already got, you already said in, in your survey, which if you send me a link, I'll pop it into the blog that surrounds this podcast. They're saying we are um, addicted to all of our data so much that we don't want to get rid of it, but we don't trust it. We know it's dirty and we still will run our, our business on gut instinct. Wouldn't it be great if they can start trusting the data that, they, that, that is right, get rid of the crap that isn't clearly, Cube19 may be able to help them do that in order that going forward post May 2018 and beyond, because GDPR isn't just for May, it's for the rest of their lives that they can then have a lovely clean data set that they can, can trust. And then the next podcast that you and I do maybe in a year's time will be a very different one because they've got rid of all of the baggage that stopped all the wood and now they can see the trees. Terrible analogy alert. We've got fish in there. We've got trees in there now and oil. Um, and, and then they can start trusting their data and turning Cube19 into the system that will drive their business. Do you have any thoughts on that at all? Yeah, this, uh, this whole delete thing worries me a little bit because... Uh, if we just hit the, the delete forever, hard delete button, it, it's almost saying that what we did in the past never happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know the position of all the CRMs and everything, but um, anonymization seems like a, a sensible route to take because we still need to be able to assess um, trends and what happened when. Just because it happened you know, more than 6, 9, 12, 24 months ago uh, doesn't mean it didn't happen at all. So I think from a data perspective, um, being able to still track what happened and when is really important. Uh, just what that looks like with regards to anonymization, I think mm. that should be the point of conversation. Mm, absolutely. So, lots of talk about data here. Let's imagine you were starting up your recruitment business in 2018 and there was only one KPI. There was only one KPI that you could set for the average recruitment consultant. What would it be? I wouldn't set only one KPI. So for me, yeah, for a key performance indicator, I mean, it leads back to that, that uh, conversation we had earlier where everyone is different, everything is different. So to say that there's one KPI that's the most important or least important, in my opinion, it, there isn't. Um, it should be about looking at the, the whole picture. What's the, what, what does the business need or the individual need or the client need? And then setting targets based on that. So. You know, we often um, hear people in this industry saying that first interviews is absolutely the most important thing that, that they need to happen. You know, and, and there's probably a bit of an argument to that. But the fact is, that if we haven't got any jobs to arrange interviews at, you know, there's an issue first of all. So I would say that um, just using data in a sensible way and, and looking at the entire picture and working out how we get to the outcome or the desired outcome, which is probably probably placements and revenue in this industry, um, but making sure we're tracking it properly and we individualize correctly and we use data in the right way. Otherwise, you're going to get what you've always got, which is, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got, which is people not trusting data, not using data, not believing in KPIs. We need to change that, um, that whole thought process. 
And if data is going to do anything, it's going to drive the three C's, candidates, clients, and consultants. And obviously, what I tend to then take it down to the next stage is, yes, you've got your KPIs. And I do think, you know, there should be a KPI for a CRM system, definitely. I be, I'm a big fan of the CRM system, whether it be Bullhorn, Bond, Adapt, Firefish, etc. should have a job spec. It should have a list of KPIs, and one of them should be cleanliness. And if it, the data's not clean, it gets fired kind of thing, or it goes through a disciplinary procedure. But we, we have a concept in our business show called the three Cs, candidates, clients, and consultants. And ultimately, data, that those three things are data sets, effectively, going back to my IT uh, roles in the past, that those three sets of data should be driven onto the CRM and ultimately to create great content. And I'm not talking blogs or podcasts like this one. I'm talking about I'm a recruitment consultant and I trust the content of my database enough to search it and to add data to it and to run my desk from it. And that to me is what I think every recruitment leader should set as their business KPI for 2018 is that they create a CRM first culture and obviously ultimately that the data is the thing that drives that. Do you have a comment about that at all? Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, if the data doesn't exist in the first place, there's not much space for Cube 19. Um, but from, from my point of view, the, the way to do that, the way to get people to engage better with systems is first of all to make sure they work uh, and they're, they're the workflow and the process as easy as possible. Um, but also, when it comes to things like data, if you look historically, we've always had a problem with data quality because the recruiters are the people that you trust to put the information in. If they haven't got a direct reason to put it in, then why will they? Um, my first recruitment job, going back quite a way now, if uh, we used to have a weekly meeting with the MD, and if we sat there and tried to explain that we actually we'd hit our KPIs, but we just hadn't put the information in the CRM, he, he used to get his umbrella out and physically hit us with it. So it literally was the stick environment there. Um, those times have changed massively, fortunately. Um, and for me, it's about how do you incentivize recruiters to, to put the data in in the first place? And it's not about giving them, you know, Friday off, Friday afternoon off they do it, or, you know, threatening to take their commission away if they don't do it. It's about giving that direct reason and putting their data into their hands. You know, if they typically, you know, look at data on a monthly basis when they have their one-to-one -one with the manager, what's the reason to put the data in immediately when something happens? Although, if you look at the other perspective, if you put data right in front of them in real time, they can see what they are doing, where they need to improve, or how they can make more placements. They've got a direct incentive to start putting it in immediately. But also making it fun as well, you know, gamify it. Put leaderboards up on, uh, run incentives over data, and just make it really clear and visible and automated, and people will start to use the CRMs more, and that's been proven through our client base. I would absolutely agree because that obviously links in really nicely with our CRM first mantra because what, we, what we're still finding is recruitment leaders saying, why should I have to pay my staff to do their job? Well, traditionally, their job wasn't to enter data onto the system. It wasn't to use the system to drive their product. It was to use every system out there and not get on the phone, even though actually their job was to get on the phone. So I'm hoping that 2018 is going to add a lot of clarity around what systems recruiters should use, ultimately where the data sits, because the government's telling us now it should really sit in as few places as possible and be nurtured correctly and respectfully. And obviously, Cube19 can help drive this. So one final point on that. Um, one of Dan's uh, favorite phrases, I suppose, or opinions is that uh, recruiters are paid a basic salary to create and record activity. And if they're not doing one of those two things, they're not doing what we're paying them their basic salary to do. They get paid commission based on the outcome, which is making placements. So I'll leave you with that. Fantastic soundbite as ever. Joe, thank you very much for your time today. It's very good to speak to you. Thank you very much.